We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to another episode of Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank Gardner. And... Thank you, as always, for listening here on WGR550.com. Oh, man. I mean, there's something. Uh, It's an interesting, bad time to be a Sabres fan right now, I guess. I mean, what can we really say at this point? What can you really say at this point about the Buffalo Sabres that hasn't been said? I feel like it's all been said. I think it has not all been said, Frank, because we're going to get to it. All right. Get to it. But first. Yeah. Comes on the heels of losing games to the Rangers and the Devils, two very not-so-good teams, where you dominated puck possession for the entire third period trying to tie the goal, uh, tie the game with the goal, and they give up the goal with less than six minutes left in each game, that ends up being the win, like the insurance marker. Very eerily similar games from the Sabres. Phil Housley calls them soft after the Rangers' loss, and I didn't really see a team that had problems with effort in that game. And then the same thing with the Devils' game. They played relatively well. It was just a yeah. lack of finish that doomed them to lose to Corey Schneider, who suddenly has won twice in a row after not winning in more than a year. Yeah, Look at you. Good on you, buddy. That's his first start that he's won in over a year, though. Because he came in in relief and got the win for New Jersey against Minnesota. So Buffalo has had a rough stretch of it, rough go of it. Haven't been able to win consecutive games since December. And something that has not been pointed out that often, they've won consecutive games only four different times. This year, yeah. Only twice in October. Then there was the streak. Yep. And then there was two games in December. Yeah. That's it. That's the only time that they've won consecutive games. So they're not a very streaky team. They are literally just up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. You know, and as up and down as this season has been, they still sit. Six points behind. Now along with a new guest. Philly. In the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, with with everything that's been going on with this season and everyone wants to point fingers saying, oh, it's this guy's fault. It's, it's somebody's fault that the team is bad. Nobody, nobody is talking about there's one thing that is going on with them that no one, no one has mentioned, mentioned. They're an inconsistent team. As you just said, up, down, up, down, up, down. What's that a sign of? Inconsistency. That's literally inconsistency. That's literally the definition of inconsistency. Because at least if you're losing a bunch of games in a row, like they lost five games in a row after, like shortly after the, the streak. Yeah. Like you could look at that as they're streaky. You know what streaky is? 
Not consistent. Yeah. If they were consistently putting up losses, they would just be a bad team. So, everyone, when the team loses, everyone wants to say, oh, you got to point the fingers at a person or multiple people and saying that's the reason. You know what the problem no is? No one is talking about the fact that the team is inconsistent. No one wants to no one wants to mention that. Everyone wants to say it's it's a, it's somebody's fault, not some not this team has has this in them. Quite frankly, it's just they're not good enough to win yeah, on a consistent Yeah, they're just not basis. good enough. I mean, let's be let's be real with the Sabres. This was this was the main thing going into the year. Going into the season, my was thing, inc- well was consistency. Consistency was going to be an issue going my, into the year. My thing was, can you just make it more entertaining than last year? Those were my words heading yes, into I this know. season. Yes, and, consistency was my thing. And guess what? They've checked my box. Yeah, we're in a playoff race still somehow. Yeah, despite the inconsistencies of this team. Yeah, but they're more this fun to watch. Yeah. But I'm, I'm pounding the table every, like, two minutes because there's an elite scoring chance that is being flubbed right now. Consistency was my thing going into the year because you have a, you have a relatively young team. Your captain's 21 now. He's only 21. Jeez. He's 21 or just turned 22, something like that. You have an 18-year-old first overall pick. You have a 19-year-old guy, kid who's playing second-line center. Eh. 19, 20 years old, something like that. No, no, no. Oh. He's playing third-line center. Well, original. Well, no, nope, nope, not even originally. It's that's, that's the that ice was... time. Okay, sure. That's the ice time that's been given out. But you have a you have a nineteen-year-old rookie in his, you know, first time playing in the NHL grind, and your eighteen-year-old first overall pick is playing in his first year in North America. You have a twenty-year-old in Tage Thompson. Who was ba- who was bounced up and down his first year? I know that's probably that's it for the young guys. Obviously, Pilot came up. You have C.J. Smith came up. C.J. Smith's twenty four, but you have these young players playing key roles on this team, and Reinhardt. Reinhardt's 22, 23 years old, playing key roles on this team. Ristolainen's still young. He's 24. You have these younger players playing key roles. They're gonna. They're prone to make mistakes. They're gonna happen. And the, and the mistakes are gonna outweigh the positives because, they have to learn to fix them at the NHL level, and that, takes a while to do. It takes, for a lot of players, it takes a full season. It might take that. Mm-hmm. Rasmus Dahlin's not a finished product, by all means. He's not. And that's terrifying. He's had up and down. Yeah, and he's having a really good rookie year. He's had, But he's had nights where he hasn't been the best. He's had nights where he's amazing. It's going to happen. But as he gets older, the amazing nights are going to be more and more often because he's going to learn to adjust to the NHL grind. He's going to learn to adjust to the NHL, to how, how other players adjust to him. And Lord's Pilot's going to be the same way. The biggest thing that this team, as I said, consistency is the biggest issue with this team. And us as fans, I get it. 
We're sick of it. It's like the same thing with the it was like the same thing with the Bills before they made the playoffs for the first time in forever. They're sick of it. They're sick of the bad they're sick of the team being poorly managed, poorly coached. I get it. Part of that also has to do with a 10 game winning streak that put them atop the league for a while. Yeah, for like a week. And it's I hate that's why that's why I continue to ask question. If the ten game winning streak never happens, but the record remains the same, are we still having this conversation? That's why I continually ask that question. Yes, because you're in the mix. Only be, but but I don't think it's as fierce as what. No, <laughs> no, it's not. As what it is right now. No, it's not. Exactly. You have the conversation of this team is still in it. Not this team is done. Fire everybody. Because they were on top of the league standings at one point, mm-hmm. and now they're now they're on an epic collapse. Now let's talk about that. Actually, as a matter of fact, there's some there's some interesting thoughts though about Housley and coaches, and is it the right time to fire them? I've said it that I'm not a guy that wants the organization to go ahead and fire a coach after two seasons yet again. There have been counterpoints given to me last night with the uh, Sabers radio network crew of Brian Koziel, Kyle Powell, and myself and Nick Lozanovsky, we were all talking about this, both on-air and off-air, different exchanges with this stuff. And it was brought to my attention that Kyle Powell, a Flyers fan, mentions that Philadelphia has caught Buffalo after they fired Haxtell. Yeah. And they brought their guy up from the AHL. Yeah. Which then an interesting name came up to me. Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor. If the Sabres were to make a move and they wanted to make a move, like say they wanted to do it, like they're not happy with what's going on right now. And they would fire Housley, let's say, tomorrow. And the only move that would be proper for me is Chris Taylor. Is Chris Taylor gets promoted. I would agree. And they get a trial run of what he is like. I would agree. As a head coach. I would agree. That's the only reason I would see Housley getting fired right now. I would agree. Yes. So, it becomes this. For me, I think Chris Taylor's on your short list if you need a new coach. I think that's. I think that would be the same next year. And it would be the same next year because if the Sabres get off to a poor start under Housley next year, you better bet that that's going to be the case. He will get fired if they get off to a bad start next year and they don't make the playoffs this year because that's – not going to cut it anymore. I also feel like, but Chris the Taylor. Only, I also feel like the only way. Well, I broke a chair. I also feel like the only way Housley gets fired is if Bottrell, and only Bottrell thinks that he's holding the team back. And that's that it. was that was the reason Hacksaw got fired. Now here's my thing. Again. If they don't fire Housley this season, which I don't think they will, no, Bottrell makes another offseason worth of moves. And if the Sabres get off to a poor start, you better bet the GM is going to think, I did another offseason's worth of moves, and we're starting and off how bad? And you're still not giving me results. Yes. I, I agree. That's how it would absolutely happen. If the Sabres get off to a poor start next year, they're not staying the same roster-wise. They're not. They have money that they could spend. Yes. They're going to go ahead and use it. 
There are going to be different players they on this roster re- next they're year. They're going to re-sign Jeff Skinner. Let, let's be real. They they're going to re-sign Jeff Skinner. They have draft Don't capital. Don't be worried about it. They have draft capital. They could or could not use it during the NHL draft. I think they need to use it on prospects. Uh, we'll get. We can get into. The, we can get into that as the sp- when the spring comes around and we're talking about that. My point. My stance right now I is think they, they need use to draft. two of them. I think they need to. No, I think they need. I need, think they need to use all of them to draft. We could talk about it. We could talk about it later. But I agree with well, they need to make example, they, do, they still need unless unless there's something there that that they can do. Well, let me just bring I, up I an example that continues to this discussion. For example, they go and use one of those first round picks, and they get a guy that a lot of people were talking about, like say Charlie Coyle, to help fill up the top nine a little bit. You've got Casey Milstead coming in for his second year of col- out of college. You've got Tage Thompson coming in another year wiser. C.J. Smith, Victor Olofsson, Alex Nylander are all guys that should be threatening the roster next year you don't know what it's going to look like but you do know this it's going to be different and it's going to try to be improved and that is why if the Sabres get off to a poor start next year we are looking at a new head coach and that's where Chris Taylor comes into play because next year is another year closer for Olofsson another year closer hopefully Nylander's on the damn roster uh CJ Smith is on the roster at that point You'd want to see what your assistant coach, who's coached some of these guys in Rochester, can do with those guys in the NHL. And that's where I think the most interesting part of the discussion from last night went. Okay, I'll talk about the reason why I need to, why I want the team to keep all the picks that they have, and even get more. When you look at their prospect system, and I'm talking just the guys in, just the guys that they have signed right now, Mm -hmm. there is a lack of 18 to 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds, I'll say. Alex Nylander is one. Mitaj Picard is another. Not much else after. That's my big – Rasmus Asplund's another guy. That's three. Three guys right there that are between 18 and 22 in your prospect system. They need to add more of those guys. They yeah, need to start signing – they need to sign – more of their draft picks, and get them into Rochester ASAP. The reason, when you have enough of those players, of, of good, of great to good to fine prospects, basically A to C level guys, that is when you're in a position to make trades, to make that one big trade or two trades, to bring in some good, good talent. Right. The Sabers. No, yeah, that's gonna... why I say this. That's why I say the Sabers aren't in a position because people want to say Brendan Goo- trade Brendan Gooley and a first round pick and a roster player for Charlie Coyle. That's why. Well, who replaces Gooley in Rochester? If you do that, probably Borgen. Maybe uh... is he ready for that? Laxinen. Laxinen's a guy. But I'm you have to sign, But you also have. One. But you still have to sign him first. Yes, and you want to you want to see what he can do on North American ice. Exactly, he might it might not translate right away. Mm-hmm. So if it's not translating right away, and you need to and you need to lessen his minutes, why are you going to trade a guy who can take minutes, who's still young, who can take those minutes off of him? Exactly. So I want to see them start adding more to Rochester first. Yes, and that's where I think Bottrell's going down because they could still sign Laxon and after this season and bring him to Rochester. They could if they want to. 
If they really feel like he's ready for the North, for the AHL game, they can do that. They they're likely they're going to sign Marcus Davidson, who's 20 right now, out of Sweden, and bring him to Rochester for next year. Potentially, you you have those two. You have a you'll have another year of Mataj Pekar playing probably in juniors in, at Barry, and he's already signed. And you've got Lukanen coming in next year too. They need to continue to bring more of these guys in for in first. Jacob Rice is another guy. He's a defenseman yep. who's playing at Providence College right now. Who they they have until next year to sign him. They could do they could do it a year early if they they really want to. If they do if they bring in more of these draft picks into Rochester and they perform well, then you can start looking at that big trade because then you could offload one or two of them. That's why I look at the Leafs. They didn't trade their best prospects to get Jake Muzzin. They traded two guys that are in their top ten, but they didn't trade their best. Hell, the Blues didn't trade their best prospect to get Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, Tate Thompson was in their top five, but he wasn't number one. Everyone was saying the words Robert Thomas, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, I was saying Jordan Cairo. But, But the Leafs still have their two best prospects right now. In, in and they're both in the AHL, Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren. If the Sabres want to make a trade like that, they have to give up their two best prospects to do it. They're because not, they don't have anything else in the mid-tiers. Exactly. Right. They need more of those guys. They need more more of those guys. Right. Of mid-tier guys, of B-level prospects, who they have a good, really good chance at making the NHL and being fine players. Like a JT Comfort, for example. Yep. I mean, he's in the NHL now. He's, he's in a, the NHL with he's Colorado. He's a solid top, yeah. middle six guy. Top nine guy. Yeah. 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 Like Carl Grunstrom's a guy who will likely be on the Kings roster by the end of the season. Exactly. There's, But he's definitely going to make the team next year. And Sean Dersey is a guy who he's not even signed yet. He's an unsigned player. And he's playing in the OHL right now. So you've got you can put him in the OHL for another year. And then he comes into your system after next year. And he's looking good. Exactly. And he got the extra first round pick. So I want to see more of these guys come in. Bryson, Matias Samuelson, too. Laxanen, Marcus Davidson, Picard, you know, Lukanen. I want to see more of these guys come in. And I want the Sabres are in a position where they need quantity. And then they, they can find the quality in that quantity. Right. So my, it was like the same thing with the Bills. I want them to have more picks so that they can find that because they need the quantity first so that they can find the quality into in that. It's the I, same thing. I still think that if they make two of the first-round picks, I'm okay. And if they use one of them and a low-end prospect to get a player, I'm cool. There's ways around, there's ways around it. There's there ways they can is. do it. Hell, they didn't pay a first-round pick very, for Jeff Skinner. I think it's very possible that they could trade one of the first-round picks, use one, use another pick to draft, and then trade down with the other one and get more picks to do that. Exactly. That's very, that is very possible. That's very possible, too. So my big thing, though, is with this, I can say maybe this team isn't so bad off if they don't do anything at the deadline. Their but biggest, now we're having a I different their, conversation. I think their biggest move is trading Nathan Beaulieu. Yes, and that's the conversation is they're not getting anything anymore, guys. They are trading something away. Yeah. And it's not going to well, – they're not sellers. They're not no, necessarily they're not sellers. Selling. 
but what they are are not buyers. Yeah, they're going to stand pat. They're going to stand pat. Like I said, I think Trey Nathan Beaulieu is the biggest move they make, and they and they can make that move. They don't even have to wait till the deadline to do it. They might go ahead and look at someone else. But that that might be it. That's probably their only move. The only actual like NHL roster roster player that gets traded. There might be someone else, and this is more of a if you get a good call on this player, and that's Jake McCabe. If you get a good call for him, sure. 25, you know, RFA. He's a guy who... A guy who a team could pay something for at the deadline he, and want to have him for term. And you know what that means? That means more. You're getting more for a guy like that. He's a guy who I think is prime for that one-for-one. One. I think everyone's talking about Ristolainen for that one-for-one. One. I think it's Jake McCabe. It could be Jake McCabe. I think it's more likely to be Jake McCabe because... He, he, I, you know, we talked about this being a year that if they needed to add a forward, Jake McCabe is a prime guy to yes. that they could move, and that makes that does make all the more sense, especially with a guy like Lawrence Pilot, who's who's kind of who's jumped up in the depth charts. If they feel like Jake McCabe is more expendable, and a one for one trade is there that they can add, bring on a forward to do that with, I'm all for it. The big and yeah, and yeah, Jake McCabe being an RFA really does really will does help. I think, he's gonna get, trade for him I think he's going to get. I think he's going to Yeah, exactly. And he's he's going to get a little bit of money. He's definitely going to want money. I don't know how much. My immediate guess will be somewhere in the four millions. Yes. But if you're a team who's trading away a like four million dollar forward, replace that with a defenseman. That's easy. That's if a easy. team needs depth on defense for a playoff push, and they want to have control. Of him after the or season, or they think that, or they think, you know what? We really like this guy as a as a top four top four guy. We or can, again, like I said, you know, yeah. you get control of him and his rights after the season as yep. well. Yeah. So there's ways about it, and if you get a favorable call for Jake McCabe, I'm saying you can go ahead and. Do I only it. Th- i I only think that move is made in the off season, though. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I think it because again, he is still a, he still is, on an expiring remember, contract. Yeah, remember, but remember him being an R him being an RFA. Will still help. Will still help with other teams because we we've seen it already with the Sabers in the Scandella trade because they traded away Marcus Foligno, who was an RFA at the time. That doesn't mean I know it's it was, not a, it was a package deal. It was a package deal and everything. I just think because McCabe is an RFA, it's more likely that it would be, it would it would happen in the offseason. Plus, those one for one trades still more often than not happen. In the offseason, especially when it's NHL player for NHL player. No, I'm not thinking that. I'm not talking about a one for one on Jake McCabe. I'm thinking that if a team really wants to get some defensive help for a playoff push, McCabe's RFA status allows you to get a better pick out of it. Oh, I see. Okay. That's what I'm talking about with favorable trade talk. Okay. If you get a favorable mm. call on Jake McCabe, it has, yeah, you have to, it has to you'd be have second to round get, minimum. I think the only, yeah, I think the only way McCabe gets traded at the deadline is if you're getting. A high draft pick for him. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, I mean, Dyser Aguirre got a first-round pick for Paul Gostad. Brian Boyle landed a second-round pick? Yeah. Again? Yeah. What does Brian Boyle do specially that gets him a second-round pick? He's Brian Boyle? I mean, offensively, love what is that? him. Oh, yeah, like he's a he's great a... blue player, but is that worth a second-round pick? That's the, if that sets the market. Then so again, if Jake McCabe, it's a if it's a favorable call, that's the only Sabres, other body I could see getting moved. Sabers getting a 
third round pick for Zemgus Gergensen's confirmed? One can only hope. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm done with Zemgus Gergensen's. I, I think I think Bull you will get traded. I might I might actually be more done with Zemgus Gergensen's than I am Vladimir Sabokin. I'm pretty done with him. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's about time they move on from him. From Gergensen's. At least I somehow could He's trust a replaceable he, let's be real, he's a replaceable fourth liner. And you wanna know the worst part? He is one of two people that I absolutely do not trust with the puck. Yeah. The other being Vladimir Spoka. I would trust Johan Larson in a heartbeat with the puck. At least he's more responsible. No, not even that. It's offensively he's more dangerous. Yeah. Than Zemgis Gergensen's. When Gergensen's had that breakaway, I did not get excited. Why? Because it's Zemgis Gergensen's. It was Zemgis Gergensen's. Yeah. Gergensen's somehow looked worse and more out of place than John Scott in an All-Star game. Well, don't well me. It's an All-Star game. You don't have to... John Scott looked better than Gergensen's did. (laughs) These are facts. And... Scott played in the three-on-three version, which requires you to be a fast skater. Yeah, that, that is true. That is true. Which he is not. No. I am just 110% done with Zemmys Gergensen's. If you can find a way to trade him for something, congrats. Do it. Then I could see an AHLer up here, like uh, Olofsson or Nylander. By the way, they really have no centers in Rochester that can call up. They've got nothing. Yeah. Wow. Like, it's bad. Asplund's yeah. not ready. No. And, like, the, and no Daniel one else. Daniel Regan's the best center they could call up. And that's not a prospect to me anymore. Yeah. And the thing is, <sighs> CJ Smith's going to be in that position too. And so will Victor Olofsson. That's why I think next year is so critical for those two. They have to make the roster next year. Mm-hmm. Because Olofsson's 23. He's he's one of those guys. Remember, I was talking about they need to add more 18 to 22-year-olds. Well, 20 to 22-year-olds to Rochester, but they need to get more 18, 19-year-olds in the system and get at, you know 18 to 22 in the system, 20, 22 to Rochester. Yep. Olofsson, they got Olofsson to Rochester at 23. CJ Smith, you got him at, you got him at 22, but – that injury last year kind of derailed him a bit. Yeah. So this is really this just next year for for Smith and Olafson especially they have to do they have to make the roster next year otherwise I don't think they ever will. And Olafson he's showing the promise now but he needs to show it hopefully he can show it at the NHL level. Yeah. But yeah, like the as as we go back to the deadline on this, yeah, there's really only two names that I could think of that could get dealt. One is a for sure kind of thing with Nathan Beaulieu. But guess what? Yeah. Now Marco Scandella is out week to week, so maybe they hold on to him. Because they're a bunch of cruel jerks. Yeah, but Casey Nelson's coming back. He is back. He's with the team yeah. actually in Florida. Yeah. So he's back. So It's not coming back. He's back. I don't think then they can still trade Beaulieu. Even so, so then you have Hunwick as your extra, and then, oh, God. Hunwick, yes, would be the extra until Scandella comes back. Or they call up Gooley. Or they call up 
Who else could they call up? You you could see the look of discontent on my voice in my face, oh, and you can no, hear the, no, and no. you can hear the see, discontent no, in my voice. See, he doesn't exist anymore. No, okay? he does. No, he doesn't exist oh, anymore. He does. This could happen again. No, he doesn't exist anymore. Oh, it could happen. And guess what? With Bill Housley, I think it could happen. Savvy, he doesn't exist. If Bull you gets traded, guess what? The words Matt Tennyson might be a thing again. Congratulations. It'll be Brendan Gooley first. We made it. It'll be Brendan Gooley first. No, it'll be Matt Tennyson first. Then they crater and lose out of the playoff race officially, and then Brendan Gooley gets up. That's how it would work. Let's be real. Tennyson would still have to play. That's how they fall out of the playoff race. (laughs) Only if Matt Tennyson gets called up. (laughs) That's the nail in the coffin. (laughs) Yeah. Because you don't win games with Matt Tennyson in the lineup. Just it's not something that's a frequent occurrence. That's true. With and this is added to a team that can't win consecutive games. So again, the Sabers are a bit of a strange thing right now. Yeah. By the way, by the way, mentioning trades. Yeah. Do you think we might see uh let me get your thoughts on this, I guess. Okay. Before I say anything about the chances of it happening, I would just like to see your opinion on it. Sure. What would you think if the Sabres tried to pull a Canadiens Coyotes trade in the offseason and go one for one Puyari Nylander? Yeah, I wouldn't be against it. Um Nylander, he's bit while well, he has been better this year. Might benefit from it a different might team. Might benefit from a fresh start, but it, uh, yeah, and Puyarvi kind of is in the same boat as well. Both Puyarvi both got plagued up and down the press box. Both have gotten plagued by not being not being developed the right way. Where Nylander should have went back to the OHL in sixteen seventeen instead of going to Rochester at eighteen years old. Yep. And Puyarvi would have benefited by going to the AHL at 18 years old because when he was there at 18, he was really good. Mm-hmm. And he should have stayed there for the whole year. And they dragged him up and down and up and down, yeah. and now it's up and down in the press box and yeah. back to the AHL. And now like, he's injured. It's really a different – like Puyarvi. You know what? I would wow. not – yeah, I would not be against that one bit. Now what do you think the chances of that would be? I think it's very low. Only because of the talks of Puyarvi being dealt at the deadline right now. And knowing Edmonton, they would absolutely do it to try to make the playoffs this year because they're Edmonton. They're so dumb. Yeah. I don't know if Puyarvi will actually get traded at the deadline, especially now with him being injured. Yeah. But if the talks – knowing Edmonton, I don't think that's a trade they want to make. They want it, They would want to trade Puyarvi for an established NHL forward. But However, again, I think the, I think the idea of that is very intriguing, and if it does actually happen, I would be all for it. Yeah. So that's my answer to your question. Yeah, I, I think it would be an interesting little concept if if the Sabers would look into something like that with Alex Nylander at this point. Because I'm constantly wondering, why the hell has this guy not gotten called up yet? Or, like, 
what happened to him. Like, Puyarvi, when he was in 2016, he was looked at as that third guy behind Matthews and Line. Yeah, a lot of people ripped uh, Columbus apart for taking For Dubois. not taking him, yeah. For taking Dubois third. And, they, and that man's looking pretty solid at this point. He's their number one center. Yeah. Yeah, Puyarvi was looked at as that dynamite prospect, you know. He was so good in 2016 with Line A and Ajo in the World Juniors winning gold, winning a gold medal. Mm-hmm. Wasn't um, he the leader in points as well? I think he was top. Yeah, I think he was He was right up there, yeah. So, yeah, maybe that's something that we, we definitely can throw that one down the line. But I, th- I think, like I said, I think the chance. Then again, we were like, yo, low. let's go get Alex Galchenyuk, and then the next thing you know uh, – Arizona stepped in. We're like, why? And then the Sabres yeah. go, don't worry. We traded for Jeff Skinner. I hang on, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were all like, yo, let's yeah. go get Alex Galchenyuk. That would be pretty cool, you know, get your 2C that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, fill up your top six Then he bit. goes to Montreal. We're like, damn. Yeah, then Domi gets traded to Montreal for Galchenyuk. We're like, damn it. We damn. We use that. Which and then, do that. And then, they're, then Sabres <laughs> like, yeah, here. Here's a Jeff Skinner trade here. We're like, wait, what? And then a quiet day <gasps> in August. It's a t- it's like the t- Tim Mountain. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> you got to put the high pitch to at the end of it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And I loved Home Improvement growing oh up. It was a great. So, that's a great show. So again, there's there's something to that, and it's obviously something we'll have to punt down to the off season if Puyarvi's still available because we talked about Gal Chenyuk for ages throughout the summer. Yeah. Um. But again, who knows at this point? I mean, but I'm going to have faith in Botchel. And I, you want to know what I'm actually low key excited about? If the Sabres are a team that is too far out of the playoffs, I'm excited to see what Botchel does with college free agents. Because that is some, some names. That is some of the woodwork that has put Pittsburgh back into the relevance. Yes. yes. Is what he has done with names like Connor Sherry, Brian Rust, Jake Gensel. Well, Jake Gensel was drafted. But, yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. Jake Gensel, I, I, will, I will just clarify that. Jake Gensel was drafted by Pittsburgh, okay, and then went to co- and then obviously played in college. Yes, but again, but, like, but even still, Rust yes. and Sherry were undrafted free agents. Yes, and you've seen the success, like some success with getting Casey Nelson in here, Evan Rodriguez, C.J. Yep. Smith. Yep, those are those are guys that they strangely they enough, Tim Murray it. brought in. Yeah, I know, right? But he got uh, something right when it came to not needing to spend a bunch of money or assets on getting a player. Once yeah. value is not involved, the guy actually didn't do a terrible when job. It's low risk. Huh. As I roll my eyes, Tim Murray, you can step on a bunch of Legos. And Batros, so far, he's he has done that. He signed Andrew Ogilvy. Yes, Ogilvy is a guy. And that I mean, in. I mean, you're looking at just college free agents, but just look at look at young guys in general. Lawrence Pilot, you a know, guy that was not a, drafted, not an undrafted guy. Yeah, like. But like I said, he's I'm shown that he's see. shown that he can do that already. Andrew Ogilvy obviously still needs a lot of time. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if they can add a college free agent, guys, give him a saber sweater for the last six, seven games of the season. Let's see what we can get find, from Botchel here. Yeah, find your co- find some college free agents or even just or European free agents who are in their early twenties who were never drafted and give them an opportunity and see what they can do. And just don't Victor Antipe in the situation. Oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's obvious. All right. So, Frank, I think this one's going to be a shorter one today. You did, uh, 
You did do a little thing. I did do a little thing, and I'm not going to argue about the fact that Columbus should trade Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky with you again today. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> but I need to make my daily mention of that. So there that is. I got that checked off now. <laughs> We're good. By the way, three teams, including Columbus, tied at 69 points. Nice. nice. And Carolina's at 68. Sabres sitting at 63. So Flyers sitting at 63. Flyers, if they remain hot, could be a problem. And maybe Columbus should trade Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky before they fall out of the playoffs. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I swear I'm done. I just want Yarmil Kekalainen to not look like a total boob in all of this. Why? We have a soft spot for Columbus. Yeah. Cam Atkinson. Yeah. Never forget. Never forget. <laughs> Ending the misery that was the tank. Yeah. We do have a couple questions, though. Okay, what do you got? Uh, this is from Connor Helwig on Twitter. Okay. That's right. At I C opened Hellwig, up a little yes. bit of a tweet bag. At C underscore Helwig 12. Who wins a playoff game first, Bills or Sabres? My answer is the Sabres. I agree. I think the I, I think it's very possible if the Bills make the right moves, they can make the playoffs next year. Winning a game is completely different, though. They can, they're likely if they make the playoffs next year, it's likely one and done. I don't know about one and done. My biggest it obstacle, would depend on the matchup. No, my my reason for the Sabres is this, and it's this only. I expect both teams to make a push for the playoffs next year. Yeah. My one the prob- Bills would technically make the playoffs first, though. No, they wouldn't, and here's why. They're not making it next year. Okay, you don't think they're making it next okay. year. The Patriots still exist. Yeah, I, I'm, say, I'm, saying if, I'm saying if the Bills make the right I'm moves, saying it frankly. I'm not saying win the division, obviously. I'm, I'm saying it frankly. The best chance at making the playoffs in the is AFC is winning your division. And guess what you cannot ever do in the AFC East? That's true. With Tom Brady. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. Because the wild card, as we've seen, has become chaos incarnate. Always is. Yeah. And for one year that Buffalo had the right luck to make it, I've got but about eight they, seasons in a seventeen year drought where it didn't happen the right way that the chips needed to fall. But if the chips fall that way next year and they do, it's highly Likely that it's a one and done. They get in the wild card rounds and they lose. In the, and they lose the game. Eh, if you face an AFC South team, I wouldn't say it's one and doneer. I mean, unless it's like I mean, Indy's pretty good. Actually, even the North too. The North's not invincible. Yeah. So, if you get one of those matchups, it okay. would depend on the matchup. But I think the chances of it are still very yes. They're not as good. Yeah. And if the Sabers, where half the league makes the playoffs, and you also play a minimum of four games. You, you have, minimum four you games. have better chances. You have a better chance to win at least one. Yes, you have a better answer, chance to win. But yeah, one. I, I, but yeah, we agreed. But my main reason is the Patriots still exist. Yeah, Tom Brady's still there. Bill Belichick's still there. Bills aren't winning a playoff game before the Sabers. We had another one. From, Sorry, Connor. Yeah, from uh, Michael Fisher at MJ Fisher two or the second. We kind of talked about it already. Should Fahalzik be fired in the end of the season, or should he be given more time? We agree, more time. More time, but it's for different reasons. Yeah. He said, he said, he asked, at least until Thanksgiving or Christmas. That's I, exactly I, my timeline for him. Yeah, that's exactly the timeline. My, my reasoning, though, for Housley is not because of Housley. It's because of what the team would look like, the organization, from an outside perspective. 
How are you going to learn free agents if you know that the coach is going to constantly change after two years? That's how are you pers- going to get a How are you going to get a good coach if you're constantly changing after exactly. two years? I still think Chris Taylor would be the call if Howell's. I were think to get Chris fired. Taylor's the first option. Yes, yes, I agree. So I'm, I'm not 100%. worried about that. So I'm not worried about that because for Chris Taylor it becomes there's 31 of these opportunities and there's going to be only 32 coming within a couple of years. Yes, I'm going to take this. Yes. Not that not that he'd be desperate. I'm just saying, like you know, if you're it's giving first, consider, it's his, it's his first chance. If to you're make giving an consideration impression. for one of 32 jobs in the entire world, well, you're not you often going to say no. You're not going to bet on yourself to see if the Amherst can go ahead and run for the Calder Cup and you can get another chance at one. Yeah. For another NHL head coaching gig. Yeah. So, and you would know the players within the organization. Housley, it's not about Housley himself to me anymore. I'm done trying to defend him because he makes head-scratching decisions that continue to baffle everybody's minds. I thought, why the hell did you pull the goalie when you're on the power play like that? You know what? Which, by the way... You know what? By the way, it was not just the fact that he did that. It was when he did it on the power play. When they're trying to advance into the zone. Frank, tell me what has been the worst freaking thing about the power play this year. Yeah, they The always, zone entry. Yeah. And guess what? They... I, here's They're a, entering so, the zone. It's a mess as usual. Carter Hutton has now left the net. There's a turnover. It's dumped down. And goal. Goal. And there's no risk. You here's can just a, slap that here's SOB a, down so, the ice. Here's my take on, here's my take on that particular I, sequence. Wow, man. I got, I got mad just now thinking about the power play. I don't mind the idea of pulling Hutton when you're on the power play and making it a six on four. I don't I, mind it. It was wet. It was the, yeah, it, it, it was the timing. If yes. it was a, if it was an offensive zone draw, and take I think it. that's yeah, and I think that I'm ready to I swear want, about the power play because I'm still wow. That's why I'm I keep really, asking this question. That's I'm why really I keep asking the power play. That's why I keep asking this question. You know, I it's two questions. How much blame we put all the blame on Housley? Why not the assistant coaches? I've been saying the assistant coaches need to get fired for a while now. Yeah, I think it's more so the assistant coaches need to get cleaned Davis out. Davis Payne needs to stop being able to draw up a power play. Is it Payne or is it Chris Height? I don't think it's either one. I don't know. Steve Smith is in charge of the defense. Is that's it? Steve Smith is in charge? Like I thought Chris Hodge was. No, I no think Chris Hodge might be the power play because he's, because he's up in the booth, in the press box. I thought it was Davis Payne. I think I thought Davis Payne will just work. See if it's on the website. I've looked. I've looked. It's not there. I've looked. You can't really. It's just they have Davis Payne. Either way, I need someone else commanding the freaking power play. I think what we're seeing is all three of them kind of need to go. It's not even about all three of them need to go. Whoever's the one in charge of the power play needs to stop being in charge of the power play. I don't even care if he gets fired or not. I just want him not doing the power play anymore because it is again. It's causing me to be ready to swear because of the fact of how bad the power play my entry whole thing is. With the, my thing. Let's drop it back and make Jack Eichel do everything. Oh, hey, guess what? Teams have clogged up the blue line because you're not moving anymore because you dropped it back for Jack Eichel to run in on the power play. My whole thing. Christ! My whole thing with the assistant coaches and Housley is what's their communication factor like? Frank, I'm sorry. You're going to have to hold on to this point because I'm about to start screaming again. Oh God! I'm, it's it's over. I'm I'm I've lost it. I, uh. I freaking lost it at this point. This because in addition to this stupid, crappy entry to the power play, which again is just 
a drop pass, another drop pass, and it's Jack Eichel or Rasmus Dali. No one else. And everyone's plugged up the loop at the blue line. Nobody's moving their feet. Why? Because there's been two drop passes. Hey, dog, we got your drop pass, and we decided we were going to fit it up with another drop pass. And then when you're in the zone, when something has actually somehow been established, there are three people that are involved with the puck. That's it. Jeff Skinner is in the slot, and guess what? Nobody cares about vacating him. Because all they do is pass between three freaking people. Reinhardt is rarely used in the cycle. Skinner is never used at all. Despite, oh, by the way, having 37 goals. Is it 37 or 36? I think he's at 36. 37 goals. No. Sure. You, he doesn't. The only time he touches the puck is when one of those three point men cough it up. That's it. It's three people touching the puck. Three. I am so sick of this power play. Mother bleeper, this power play needs to go. (sighs) Okay, I'm done. I got it out of my system. I really freaking hate the power play. Okay. And going 0 for 3 in a game where you desperately needed a goal... And once again, seeing you, your power play unit get zero time established. They had one dangerous chance last night against the Devils. One. It was a nice feed to Darlene. Yeah. Darlene does ring it off the pipe. Yep. But other than that, your power play has been useless. Skinner yeah. scored for you because he saved a turnover against yeah. the Rangers. Yeah. And yes, it counts in the statistic for the power play, but it didn't look good. That's why I... Wow, I hate the power play. I really hate the power play. That's why I wonder how well Housley and the assistant coaches are working together. I'm sorry, but if I'm the head coach and I don't like the power play, we get a different power play method. So guess what? It has to at least be kosher for Phil, at minimum. Yeah. But guess what that power play also looked like? Shades of what Nashville does. I have to watch Nashville games from when Housley when was there. When you saw them in the Stanley Cup I have to watch. Pittsburgh. I have to check that out. I, I don't remember much. There was oftentimes there was one drop pass being made while entering the zone. And it's usually guys like Phil Forsberg entering the zone. Or the you have mobile defensemen I mean, like have, a Roman Yossi yeah, or, or a P.K. PK Subban. Subban. Ryan have, else is playing really well. They yeah. have more options on wheelers that can carry the puck. Yeah. And guess what? The Sabres do have those guys. I would trust Jeff Skinner to get into the zone with it. I would trust Sam Reinhardt to get in the zone. The dude's smart. I would trust Casey Middlestat with his mitts to get it into the zone. But instead, it's always the same person every time. And guess what teams do? They key key on it. Yeah, you key. And there has been no adjustment to it at all. I got to stop talking about the power play, Frank. I'm going to swear. Okay. So that's why so, I'll continue. I'll continue to ask. Yeah, continue on. What is what is Housley's communication factor with the assistant coaches? If it's not there in Bottrell season, he needs to tell them, "Hey, you got to fire these these guys. They're not if getting it done." If it's not there, he's not a good head coach. That's but that too. 
That too. He's the one hiring these guys, right? Was that how you hired him? Coach fills the coaching staff. That's how it goes in pro sports. You're never who was in hockey. Was you're he? never you're never forced Wait, an assistant no, was, coach. Were on they? You. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. In hockey, but you're never like sometimes in football. You're forced an assistant I don't remember. or coordinator. Who is it's the assistants? Because all hockey. three guys are in their second year with this team. Yes. Which means Housley brought them all in. That's a bad. I don't remember who they, who were the assistant coaches when Bowsmo was here. We know Tom. We know Tom. Uh, Bob. Was Bob it? Woods. Bob Woods was the power play Bob coach, Woods, obviously, yes. because they had the second-best the- power play. Second-best power play. Who were the other assistants, though? Why'd That's- you have to remind me the power play was awesome? <laughs> yes, I know. Why? Oh, my God. It sucks caring again! <laughs> Damn it! Here's my here's my other here's my last question to Housley. Would any other coach do do things differently? I think the only thing that is done differently that other coaches would do is the power play. They would try to do other things. Here's my thing. Like that's in the it. zone, they but try to mimic what looks like Washington's power play. Where it's Ovechkin and Backstrom on those wing sides. Yeah. And then you've got Kuznetsov working down low. Carlson's your main point man. And then Oshie's in the slot. Yeah. But the thing is, you don't have the passers, nor the ambition apparently, to do what Washington does. Because you know what Washington does? You also don't have a TJ Oshie. Because Skinner's your Oshie. Skinner's your Oshie. Done. I will put see I will put see I will try to put Skinner more as a behind, as a behind the net guy, kinda where That's Reinhardt. And I'm okay with that. But you want to know the thing? Kuznetsov behind the net Here's gets the, the puck. Reinhardt doesn't get the puck in the power play. Right, so I want Skinner to do that because Skinner gets the puck. No, 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 no. Reinhardt's the better passer. I want Reinhardt behind the net. I want Reinhardt here's to the, get the. But I want, here's why I want. Here's I want why, Reinhardt to get the puck behind the power play. On the power play. I want Reinhardt to get the puck let me, let in me, the office let me, behind let the power finish. play. Let me finish. I want Reinhardt in front of the net. Tipper, Tipper, yes. Topper. Yes. Reinhardt's I, the better guy I for the net Reinhardt, from presence. They need that. They need more of those kind of. That's a, that's the big thing with this team. They need more of those guys who are gonna get to the net. They need to give the puck to those guys. It's Eichel, Dalin, Risto. Eichel, Dalin, Risto. Risto to Dalin. Dalin to Risto. Risto to Eichel. Eichel and back to Risto. And if you have a guy who is parking his ass right in front of that net, you're gonna get penalty killers to key in on them. Especially if for one just one time they leave that guy wide open and he scores. And you know what helps with that with Washington's power play? When Kuznetsov gets the puck and feeds it to Oshi. What a freaking concept to have someone other than the same three players touching the puck. Christ. I'm also with you on I'm also with you on that. Okay. I'm also within that. I'm just saying Send the power play to the freaking sun. Why did we get back? Why did we get back on the power play? You pissed me off again. <laughs> Damn it! I'm really holding it back. I want to drop all of the f bombs about the power play right now, and I can't. I cannot. I have to stay civil. Yes, you do. I I get it. I get it. This has been the Leftovers Podcast with Derek Kramer and Frank Arcuri. Yeah. And I'm really upset. And I shouldn't be. This team is mediocre. And I shouldn't be this upset. 
but I continue to see a floundering power play, and that's one of the reasons they are mediocre as all hell. <sighs> Frank, we did a thing. Yes. So why don't you tell the people what you were referencing when you said that I did a thing? You did a thing with now we're doing the 11-day power play. We are doing the 11-day power play. I'm doing it twice. I'm probably doing it twice. Frank might be doing it twice. And you know what? It's awesome. Yeah. We have a date for one of our skates. It is June 11th, June 11th, July 11th, from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Yes. We got the 6 to 9. Nice. nice. At Harbor Center. I uh, My fundraising page is up. My captain's fundraising page is up. Frank's will be up shortly. And we will have the links on our Twitter handles. I'm at Derek Kramer WGR. Mine is pinned already. My Twitter handle is at Frank R. Curry, and when I have the page up, it will also be pinned. That's at Frank, A-R-C-U-R-Y. And I mentioned something on mine with my pinned tweet. I am not above shenanigans for getting me to my goal. Me too. So, please, tweet us ideas for shenanigans. To make us suffer, momentarily, for the sake of a good cause. For fighting cancer, it proceeds, go to Roswell Park, Camp Good Days, and I'm forgetting one. I know I'm forgetting one. So, let's not worry about that part as much. Why don't you go to the page, donate, and you'll find out what causes, what the third cause is that I am forgetting about right now. We'll both, we'll both have the same goal. $1,000. Yes. And, and that's big. And that's a big goal. And if both goals are hit, Derek and I will do will partake in some kind of shenanigans based off of whatever you give us. Yes. As a matter of fact, if we elevate and manage to break that goal and really shatter something, I will go extravagant. I will try something. We'll keep, we'll just make we'll just I'll try something. We'll nutty. make the shenanigans go even higher. As to whatever it is. Well we can have we can have like a little list of like if we hit this goal we'll do something. If we hit this goal we'll do this <laughs> or something like that. It's like a promise for some for more to come. Yeah. Oh god. I guess if I hit five hundred we might as well do the precursor, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So should I should I get in like contact with like Chris Mandura and see if Sabres PR can really hook us up with something stupid? Yes. Oh boy. I mean, we got to do something like that because, especially when Steve Dangle had done something himself. I'm not eating a pepper. No, <laughs> I'm not throwing up. I mean, we had him on it. the pod. We had him on the podcast I'm not doing before. <laughs> I'm not throwing and up for this, Steve. I think he, for him, it was some. If he raised, I think it was ten thousand. Guy's got that public profile. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> he would eat a he would eat a pepper live on his podcast, Ugh. and he I'm not did. eating one of those. I'm not doing it. We saw one of our former engineers do that, and his day was ruined. 
I'll never forget that. I mean, one reaction. simple one that we've already got was you eating vegetables, which yes, that which oddly Back enough story. for Derek, that doesn't happen. Backstory: I don't eat vegetables. I think the curse is upon your food. I'm so unhealthy. <laughs> So what are the goals? So what are the goals? So what are the goals? Will be Derek eat Derek eats broccoli. Oh, oh, that's like one of the worst looking ones. Yes. So that that would have to be the one that you eat then. Jesus, you guys are trying to make me healthy for a three hour hockey skate. Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, you guys are trying to make me healthy for a three hour hockey skate. Yeah. So what what's the, goals the danger is gonna be, in that? I'm gonna film. I'm gonna film myself shoving a piece of broccoli in your mouth, and you have to eat it. I feel slightly uncomfortable by this. And by slightly, it's I a mean mini very. tree. Shut up. Exactly. If I wanted to eat a tree, I'd go outside. It's delicious. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No. I just had broccoli on Sunday. It was delicious. You try to feed it. I had cheese with it. I just about called myself a child. <laughs> I, I'm. A, I My really argument like was seriously about to be: you try to feed a child a piece of broccoli and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> And Derek's the older one. <laughs> and yet here I am trying to defend myself, and the first thing it came up to was feed a child broccoli. That's not good on me. That does not look good on me. No. Come on, we can set that as one of the lower ones. Be easy. Thanks for listening to the Leftovers Podcast. I'm Derek Kramer, who I'm made Fra- himself look <laughs> very stupid just now. I'm Frank R. Curry. And you've been listening to Leftovers Podcast here on WGR550.com on on-demand audio. Florida tomorrow, Tampa Thursday. Oh, they play Tampa Thursday. Watch them win that. Watch them them lose three straight to the likes of the Rangers, the Devils, and the Panthers. And then then beat Tampa. Tampa. You know how pissed off that would make everyone? No matter what, we're going to be pissed off. Yeah, that's what the season's been. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.